It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. The only daily Premier League podcast. This is Football Social Daily. The Premier League programme goes on the back burner as the FA Cup third round is upon us. Teams from the top flight all in action over the course of this long weekend with some tasty ties to examine. Merseyside club Marine are looking to mute Mourinho as the eighth tier side look to harness that fabled magic of the FA Cup when they face Spurs. Out of sorts Chelsea welcome League 2 Morecambe to the bridge with the pressure still very much on Frank Lampard. I'm sure there's a Morecambe and Wise joke in there somewhere but I just couldn't squeeze it in. Uh, it's an all Premier League affair at the Emirates as Arsenal host Newcastle and Sheffield United will travel to the West Country to play Bristol Rovers searching no doubt for that confidence boost to improve their wretched league form. We'll take a look at some of the better picks across Cup weekend but we'll also analyse the interesting comments made by Newcastle boss Steve Bruce who said that continuing to play football during the current coronavirus crisis is immoral. This is Football Social Daily, your lockdown listen when it comes to the Premier League with a new show every day right throughout the season. I'm Niall, with me to share their thoughts, we've got broadcaster Michelle Owen. Hi Michelle. Hello, nice to be on. Yeah, good to have you back for this new year 2021 and also journalist Pete Hall is here too. How are you doing Pete? Hello Niall, happy new year. Yeah, Happy New Year. We were just discussing before the podcast when it is too late to officially say <laughs> Happy New Year. So I think we should label now today that which would be the 9th of January, the last possible day to yeah, say. Get it in now. Yeah, yeah, that's our official yeah, cutoff yeah, yeah. date. Uh, anyway, I'll tell you what one football club would have been looking forward to 2021 more than probably any other and that is the Merseyside club Marine who have remarkably managed to draw Tottenham Hotspur in the third round of the competition it's only the second time they've reached the third round uh, of the FA Cup the last time they did so was in the early 90s where they played Crew Alexandra uh, but no disrespect to Crew, Tottenham Hotspur a completely different kettle of fish particularly with the man they've got in charge Jose Mourinho who's a, an enigma a character in itself uh, for me, Michelle, for all the obvious reasons, this is the biggest tie of the third round weekend, just purely for the giant killing potential. Yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? And I don't think we need to go over too much how fans aren't there because we all know that and it's a, it's a great shame. I've seen some of the initiatives that the clubs have been doing. I know that Marine have been selling sort of commemorative tickets for £10, which has helped them raise some money because they were set to make at least £100,000 on this. I saw Jamie Carragher mm. sponsor the dugout and um, other sponsors have got involved as well. It's amazing for Marine. It's what the FA Cup is all about. That's why they say the magic of the FA Cup. And there's plenty of teams in this competition with favourable draws in this round in the lower leagues that will look and think, oh, we can get a tidy fourth round draw here. But the third round has always been the one for the giant killings. And it's always been the one that's mm. been legendary for it. Uh, I don't think Marina get going to have a giant killing but you never know stranger things have happened um, but yeah. yeah I can't really see Jose putting out a strong team at all with 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 respect to Marine I mean they're competing on so many fronts he's now got the Carabao Cup final to think about even though it's a little way away you know they're fourth in the Premier League he's going to mm. be playing you know a sort of second string 11 you'd think you'd think wouldn't you I might be, I might be wrong we'll see <laughs> yeah, well, we'll come on to that in a little bit. But I suppose just kind of on the FA Cup 
as a whole. I mean, I absolutely love the FA Cup. Being a Pompey fan, we've had some really good memories in the competition over the the sort of the last decade and and beyond that. Um, Is this what makes the FA Cup unique, Pete? The fact that a club from the eighth tier uh, of English football can be drawn against a side like Tottenham. Um, Obviously, it is at Marine, and we'll talk about the fact that Marine are home in a bit. But, you know, Tottenham have got this new billion-pound stadium, the most state-of-the-art ground in the world. They've got a a star-studded lineup. They've got a top, top manager in charge. I mean, this is what makes the FA Cup unique, in my opinion, because you probably don't see this in other European Cup competitions. No, I don't think so. And and you, I think it's more, I'm just really looking forward to that shot of, of Jose in the dugout. You know, it's gonna it, it's gonna be it's gonna be a small dugout, isn't it? It's gonna be cramped. He's gonna have to duck to get in, uh, tuck himself into the corner, and just see that frown on his face when he realised, oh, this is what I've got to sit sit through for for ninety minutes. But these are the side stories that make the the FA Cup so special. I, I've just done a, a piece with um, Charlie, who are playing uh, Dar- mm. Derby in the, and it's the same thing. Some of the stories, like you know, the the manager is a head is a headmaster at a primary school, and he's had to. Uh, this week he's had to cope with having to organise virtual learning from home whilst uh, organising a team to compete in the FA Cup third round these are the stories that you don't get in in other competitions in in other places in the world and it's it's great it's 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 to to see the other side of football isn't it we all see the glam we all see what we see on on um on on a Saturday and Sunday afternoon on TV um Mm. the, the glamour side of things but if you get um, you don't see this side until you get to the FA Cup and realise there's so much more to football than the Premier League. Yeah, absolutely. And what really makes me laugh is there's always one painter or decorator in every non-league side. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and the yeah. commentators have to mention it. Um, I, I don't feel envious uh, of those people who will be covering the game at Marine because it's supposed to be a bitterly cold weekend here in the UK uh, right mm-hmm. throughout from uh, f- from start to finish. And so I feel that we might see a few games fall foul to frozen pitches and stuff like that. So fingers crossed for Marine that they can get themselves sorted and that that game is on. But talking about mm-hmm. the small cramp dugout and things like that, Michelle and, and the possible danger of the game perhaps being called off due to a frozen pitch. The fact it is at Marine and it will be an environment that Tottenham's players won't be used to particularly. How much of an advantage or a difference could that make for them? Well, you'd think massively, wouldn't you? I, I saw um, Tottenham, I think, I think it was at Newport a few years ago, and they hated it. They hated the pitch, they hated Roddy Pray, which is always awful. And it's just one of them where you're a Premier League footballer you know, I've been to Tottenham's training ground. It is very, very nice. And they're not, you know, with respect to Marine, they're not going to be able to compete, you know, with, with fitness levels or the technical skill or the touch maybe, but they can be physical and they can make things difficult for them. And I, I don't know what Marine's pitch is like. Well, I've seen the frost covers on it, so obviously they're, mm. you know, trying to keep it as, as nice as, as they can. But they all they can do is make life difficult for them. And... I don't know what it'll be when it comes to changing rooms and things like that because we've seen bizarre setups for changing rooms this year <laughs> with COVID the and the car, things. Yeah. Well, literally it could be, couldn't it? Because you think like COVID at the moment. So if it's one of those tiny, mm. you know, non-league changing rooms next to the other, who knows whether they're getting changed. And then I saw a piece this morning, like there's allotments and people's back gardens that back onto the pitch. It's fantastic. Um, but yeah, they scraped past, oh, was it Colchester? on, on um, penalties and they beat Haven and Waterlooville in extra time as well. So yeah. they've, you know, beating Colchester was, was no, no mean feat either. So they've, they've done well to get this far, obviously. Mm. Uh, they'll just fancy just trying to cause an upset. I mean, the Spurs fans, uh, the Spurs players rather, are not going to fancy it. It's going to be cold. You know, it's not going to be a nice pitch, but it will just boil down to can they get their heads around it's just football at the end of the day and it's that psychological aspect isn't it where they can cope with all the different conditions rather than your billion pound stadium and mm. your state-of-the-art facility to be back where grassroots football is yeah 100 percent. i think i'd echo every one of those sentiments really and it kind of boils down to what you were suggesting earlier michelle i just wonder what your take on it is pete regarding jose Mourinho's team selection um we know how keen he is to win trophies for Tottenham Hotspur, that was kind of the, the the blueprint, I guess. The rubric for him when he came into the club was to win Tottenham some silverware for the first time in 13 years. So do you think that he'll show Marine and the tie in general a bit of respect and play some of his big players? Or do you think we are likely to see a much changed side from the one that competed in the League Cup a couple of days ago? 
I think that um, he'll make some changes, but I think there'll be some decent players, you know, some first team squad players playing. It won't be, you know, it won't be an under 18 side or it won't be an under 23 side playing. There'll be there'll be some players and, and some players that he'll want to to see something from. The early rounds of cup competitions are good for, you know, for testing for testing squad players basically. So to see, you know, it's a long season and giving people game time that need the game time. Harry Winks for example hasn't played week in week out this season. Um, Le Chelsea hasn't played week in week out this season. Players like that who yeah. who, um, who who need some game time. It's really useful. But I, I, I sort of uh, I, I was reading Jose's comments today, and it was it was just typical Jose when he said that um, the the best way to show Marine respect is to beat them uh, <laughs> in, in, in the cup. So I, he's not he's not one who who rotates hugely. He won't make, I don't think he'd make sort of eleven changes. Some he'll he'll make some changes. Rest of the, some of the big guns, but it'll still be a decent Spurs side that that, that take to the pitch. Yeah, hundred percent. Well, best of luck to Marine, and that's not wishing any slight on Tottenham Hotspur, but could be or what is what supposed to be the biggest day in that football club's history. Such a shame, as Michelle said, that there are no supporters there. Unfortunately, due to the situation with COVID, it looks like it could be that way for the remainder of the season. Um, one manager who might feel slightly fortunate that there aren't any supporters in the stadium at the moment could be Chelsea's Frank Lampard. I know he's a club legend at Stamford Bridge. I know he's the club's record goal scorer, and he's won everything there is to win in the blue shirt of Chelsea, but... The results as manager recently haven't exactly been brilliant. They face League Two Morecambe in their third round tie of the FA Cup at Stamford Bridge. Um, no doubt he is under pressure, Michelle Frank Lampard. So I think that there could be an argument to suggest that anything less than a convincing win over Morecambe will surely keep those questions being asked of him. Yeah, I think there'd still be questions, but I, I wouldn't be too worried for him yet. I can understand why fans are, are getting frustrated when you look at their recent form you know they lost to an Arsenal side who had been terrible before that game and well I'm a Villa fan so I'm happy they drew with us and Villa had been <laughs> decent but and, and they lost to Man City as well but I, I think the thing with Frank Lampard and I've seen a lot of people say it, yes they're now down to ninth in the Premier League they are only three points off Tottenham who are in fourth if you look at the bigger picture although Tottenham have a game in hand and although he's under pressure he will always have more time because of what he's done there and, and at the moment, it's a difficult period for him. If they did lose to Morgan, yeah, that would be pretty damning. But I wouldn't expect him, you know, to be... Well, I'd be very shocked if he was suddenly sacked after that or, or whatever. But... Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, Morgan, again, I'd imagine he'd make some changes. Um, but wouldn't want too many changes because he wouldn't want more questions asked of him if they were to lose with respect to, to Morgan. So... It's a, it's a tricky period for him at the moment, but it's going to take a bit of time, I'd imagine. You know, and, and I know it's only his second season, so there's ups and downs in every season. So I don't think people should be jumping the gun just yet. And Morecambe are doing OK in League Two. They're seventh at the moment. They're sort of there or thereabouts with a couple of games in hand with the playoffs uh, from the playoff positions. So they're, they're doing pretty well. And um, yeah. they've played 20 games on 34 points. And if they were to win those games in hand at this present moment, they'd be top. So they're having a pretty decent season themselves. Again, could make life difficult, yeah. but the fact is that Stamford Bridge, I think, will play into Chelsea's hands. Yeah, well, Derek Adams, the Morecambe manager, I I've had experience with him in the past. And <laughs> me he's too, a, me He's too. a very niggly kind of guy. And these are the sorts of games that he quite enjoys getting stuck into. And he obviously has form in terms of taking sides out of League Two. He did it with Plymouth Argyle, didn't he, a few years ago. So certainly does have the experience there. Um, but this is a good chance, Pete, isn't it? We talk about Chelsea's recent form. It's a good chance for them to play themselves into form in a positive manner. I mean, it's a League Two side in Morecambe who Chelsea are pretty much odds-on to beat. They should be beating Morecambe. And Morecambe in the Cup, uh, in the League Cup this season, I should say, have already been beaten by a Premier League side. They lost 7-0 to Newcastle in the Carabao Cup back in September. So, you know, this is an opportunity really for Chelsea to kind of gain a bit of confidence, even if it is against the League Two side, uh, and maybe look ahead rather than over their shoulders in terms of recent form. I think that I expect uh, Frank Lampard to play a stronger side than than Jose Mourinho will, for example, in this because because of the recent form and when you when you've got out out of form strikers are licking the lips for games like this. I, I'm not sure if uh, Timo Werner will play. I mean, he he might he might get a rest, but strikers that need some goals that need to find some form. These are the sort of games you know if you if you bag a hat trick in this, your confidence is is given a huge boost going into the next Premier League game. And when you can, when you've seen that 
if you've seen that Newcastle can put seven past these, then we've we've all seen Newcastle this season um, with their lack of adventure. If they if, <laughs> if if they if they if they can put seven past them, Chelsea strikers must be thinking we can get double figures here. Obviously, not necessarily. Obviously, it doesn't necessarily work like that. But um, but yeah, these are the sort of games that you set at home, and you and you it gives you that extra spring in your step, thinking right, I can I can help myself. There's also, but there's there's also the flip side is once you need you need to get that these are the sort of games you need to get that first goal quickly, settle your nerves and mm. then and then you can re, then you can relax and start trying to trying to play football. And if they, but if they don't get that, then they can get nervous. But if you get a couple of early goals, then you can really have a bit of fun. I think even Joe Linton scored in that Carabao <laughs> Cup game, wow. which tells you everything you need to know. Um, no disrespect there to Morecambe, of course. I'm sure they'll be bang up for it, travelling to Stamford Bridge. Just building on that, Pete, it, I mean, is, is let's just say, Chelsea get to the final like they did last year and they end up winning, winning it. Is a successful FA Cup campaign enough uh, for Lampard in terms of his credentials this season? Or is it really irrelevant considering the money they spent in the summer with a view to finishing higher up in the Premier League because although they finished uh, in the top four last season, it was very, very close um, between them, Manchester United and Leicester in terms of those final two top four positions. Um, with the money spent, Chelsea fans no doubt will be expecting them to finish in the top four uh, with greater ease, let's just say, this time around. Um, it's not irrelevant, but um, a, a good cup run is a good cup run and if you can win the cup, it's still a, a big achievement. But... It's it is all about the Premier League finish this season uh, for Chelsea and just progress. You need you know a, a, a cup a, winning a cup isn't necessarily a good indication of what uh, where the clubs at whether they're making whether they're making decent progress or not. Um, Lampard needs a good season in the Premier League and it needs needs to have a strong finish after the money that they've spent and the players that they've brought in. They need to be finishing in the top three really. Um, they need to to improve on last season and just you know start to look well. First of all, first and foremost, start to improve on what they've been and the performances they've been putting in the last few last few games. Um, mm. But the the cup is 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 a good use for a confidence booster. It's good for uh, it's good for morale and and you know if you win the cup, you win the cup. It's still a great achievement. But no, it's it's very much Premier League is the priority for for Lampard, who very much the jury remains out. Chelsea play Morecambe then in the third round of the FA Cup. There are a couple of all-Premier League encounters. Um, two of them take place on Friday night, but one of them, uh, which takes place over the course of the weekend, Arsenal versus Newcastle United. Um, in recent games, Michelle, Arsenal have actually improved considering their very sluggish start to the season. Um, they are current holders of the FA Cup. It's almost easy to forget that considering... Uh, how poorly they have begun their domestic season. So do you think Mikel Arteta will go as strong as possible to see off Newcastle United and kind of keep Arsenal in the hunt for that uh, retention of the FA Cup? Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, again, I think we've said it a couple of times now, confidence thing for Arsenal will be big, um, especially they've picked up a little bit recently, like you said. And they love the FA Cup. It's Mm. just... You think of the FA Cup and you think of Arsenal and it was massive for Mikel Arteta to win it. They don't have any right just to go out and win the FA Cup each year. You know, it's just... But they do. It's, it's the competition <laughs> they love. And um, although, you know, they they were mm. poor a few games ago, they've picked back up now and they'll be looking forward to this one as an opportunity again. I think maybe he will make a few sort of rotations on this one when you look at the sort of players they've been using. But then again, we've got a player like Lacazette who's firing now, who's scoring goals. He'll want to keep that going. It's Premier League opposition. It's at home. And 5.30 is quite a kind kickoff time, I would say, as well. And they're not playing again till Thursday. So he could... You know, he could be quite generous in, in sort of a, a strong starting lineup. Um, I sort of felt for Arteta the other week. There's so many questions being being asked of him. And you think that the results they've just had, three wins on the bounce and two of those pretty emphatic as well. So they're definitely going to fancy Newcastle in this one, who've been pretty poor of late. And like like I said, the, the FA Cup for, for Arsenal is just something they always gravitate to for whatever reason. I'm not quite sure what the reason is or mm. something they focus on more, but, um, you know, Newcastle, they're not scoring many goals. They lost to Brentford in the quarterfinal of the EFL Cup, which I thought, Brent, I think Brentford a brilliant side, but mm. if you're a Newcastle fan, you know, you're two games away from a major final. You'll yeah. be livid with that. Absolutely. So I'm not quite sure what Steve Bruce's approach will be to this one. Yeah, 100% agree with that. And uh, I think it's a really good point. One that I wanted to touch upon, Pete, Newcastle United, when they reached the quarterfinal of the FA Cup last season, the buzz around the Newcastle supporters was actually quite evident and, and quite 
palpable actually um i know a few uh, magpies fans a few geordies that you know uh, have been desperate to see their side be successful over recent seasons obviously we can talk about the ashley ownership and the failed takeover and everything but all that aside newcastle united are a big big football club in this country that haven't won a major domestic trophy for you know over 50 years and you know for a side like newcastle that's quite a surprising mm. statistic when you consider the level of support they've got uh, and just kind of what a historical club they are in this country. I agree, and, I, and it astounded me that stat as well because you, you th- that is such a long time. Think about the players that they've had and the teams that they've had in that time. A, t- a, a club of that size, you know, you would have thought would have won an FA Cup in the 70s or the early 80s or something like that, or, mm. uh, or a League Cup even. I mean, it's astonishing that they haven't won a, a trophy for that long. Um and oh god, imagine what they do for the, the for the club now. Like the, it's it's a very negative place, isn't it? At the moment, yeah. Newcastle and uh, Steve, Steve Bruce, he's not he's not he's not popular. Um, he's not a popular coach, and it, it feels like every week he's just hanging on, but hanging on by a thread, really. And um, to his to the fan base, the fan base slowly but surely are turning against him, which must be difficult being one of their own and things. But he. Um, I think even just a, a good run in the cup, you know, to a semi final at least, um, would just would would at least lift a bit of the gloom because they need some positivity. Uh, they're not doing so so badly in the league, really, but it's mm. it's the entertainment value, isn't it, that they're not getting? Yeah, hundred percent. And we'll come on to uh, what Steve Bruce has said about the continuation of the season and possible uh, curtailments of the Premier League and whether it's moral or immoral to carry on playing due to the current. Covid situation, um, but that game should be interesting. Arsenal, the record FA Cup holders against Newcastle United, a club who haven't won the FA Cup since 1955, which means if you are younger than the age of 66 and you're a Newcastle fan, <laughs> you would have never ever seen your side lift a piece of silverware in terms of major domestic trophies. Obviously, they've lifted the championship a couple of times, but that's not what Newcastle fans want, which I think really is a staggering statistic. Time for a quick break here on Football Social Daily. More FA Cup action to talk about a bit later on in the show, but afterwards we will be talking about those interesting comments from Newcastle boss Steve Bruce. Football Social Daily. Subscribe to the podcast now so you never miss an episode. Listen to the latest Premier League news, updates and match reports now. Just ask Open Sport Social. Welcome back to Football Social Daily. FA Cup third round weekend, of course. All of the Premier League clubs in action from the course of Friday to Monday. And we'll talk about some of the other fixtures taking place in a little bit. But first, I wanted to mention about what Steve Bruce has been saying. The Newcastle United boss says that continuing to play Premier League matches in the current climate regarding coronavirus is morally wrong, particularly as it comes amidst large-scale coronavirus outbreaks at football clubs. I'm thinking of the fact uh, that Aston Villa have had an outbreak at the training ground recently. Michelle, obviously the club uh, you're close to and the club you support. So, I mean, in regards to what Steve Bruce has said, um, it's not the most controversial thing I've heard over the last 12 months or so regarding uh, a desire to play on or to stop the season because... In terms of COVID-19, I think this is the worst we've ever seen it in the football landscape. Yeah, I mean, it's frightening, not not just football, but obviously on a wider scale for everyone. It's really frightening. Um, I think he's got a point because Jamal Lascelles has only been given the go-ahead to return to training this week. Um, St. Maximum's fitness is still under review. Apparently, he's got sort of long COVID. I've been reading mm. about that. I completely see where he's coming from because... So I I think it's really difficult because from a selfish point of view, I don't want football to stop because going to work at the moment is an escape. I really enjoy it. And Absolutely. I, I love going to football grounds and watching football, but I'm one of the very, very few that gets to do it and incredibly privileged to do it. On the other hand, I also think every time I leave the house, well, this is dangerous because it is. If I feel okay when I'm outside in a football mm. ground, but then when I go into a studio to do a programme, I, I do feel nervous and even though in those situations we're putting precautions into place, you never know. I think football has got complacent because if you look on Instagram stories from players and you look what they're up to, they're all eating in the canteen together. They're all Mm. going to the gym together. They're all socialising sort of, okay, they might be two metres apart, but in one big room together. Mm. Whereas after the first lockdown, when they had team meetings, they're all spaced way apart or they did them easier in summer, of course, but they did it outside and 
they weren't eating together. They were doing sort of takeaway meals in the Tupperware. They weren't going inside. They go home and shower at some clubs. That is what they've got to do now. There's, there's mm. no other way because you cannot carry on as normal. You can't just test right now and say, oh, but we've tested and we're fine. Because, you know, negative results are useless anyway because you could still be positive, if you know what I mean. So let's say, yeah. you know, someone in the Aston Villa camp tests negative today, but they could test positive in a few days and just not know they had it yet. Mm. So I... I completely see where he's coming from. I don't think it's remotely controversial. I think he's more than right to be saying it. But I feel so torn because I also know for so many people, it's so important right now to put the telly on and be able to get passionate about a game, to escape for 90 minutes, to, to be able to sit here with you two and talk right now about football. I love my little boy to bits. But it's quite hard looking after a toddler all week, you know, while my husband's working from home. And it's just and, and then you've got that aspect of it. So I just don't know what the right answer is. And and I'm not sure anyone does. I was going to ask you that, Michelle, and you don't have to respond to this if you don't want to. But you have, as you've just mentioned, got a young family at home. So when you are, you know, leaving home and you step through the front door and, you know, you get into the car and you travel to a ground or a studio, whatever it may be. I mean, are you are you as worried now or more so than you were back when sort of Project Restart came about? I mean, is there sort of certainly more palpable fear, I suppose, is the word I'm thinking of when it comes to possibly, you know, putting people at risk? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, 100 percent. So I, I remember when I first went back in June to the grounds, I would come to the front door, like take my clothes off, put them in the washing machine and then come up. And just like everyone else, I stopped doing it. But now when I look at the figures and I see like I'm going to London tomorrow to present Quest, which I'm really, really looking forward to, to like to do the EFL highlights of, of what there is this this weekend. But mm. at the same time, like I'm really nervous because I will wear my mask and I'll stay two meters apart from people, but I'm inside all day and if I come and bring it home, like we've got a one year old and who knows like if he got it, like God forbid, how he'd react to it. I've got sure. asthma and my mm. friend one of my friends has asthma, just like me, like not bad. But, you know, you take your pumps, whatever, take them every day. She was in hospital for two weeks in, with oxygen. Mm. And I see people, I think people call them COVID deniers or whatever. But I see people denying, you know, that it's happening. And it blows my mind. And people say in football, when the athletes get it, oh, they're, they're, they're great athletes, they won't be affected. Well, actually, footballers are being affected by it. Yeah. They are getting long COVID. No one is immune to it. My best friend said to me, she's like, it's like dodging a bullet. And, and that is how it feels no one wants to play Russian roulette with our health and when I say this to you now when I say this to you both I think oh my god what are we doing like still going to work still having football but then there is completely the flip side to it when we do go to games there are precautions in place it is as safe as it can be for journalists and reporters right now I think and I genuinely think that people need it I really Mm. do but I don't think players should play if they're not comfortable I mean, it's a fascinating debate. And to kind of bring it back to a Newcastle United perspective, you mentioned Sam Axaman and Lascelles, both of whom have supposedly been suffering the effects of this long COVID, as you say. I mean, they're two key players for Newcastle United. And I don't think there's much posturing or gesturing here from Steve Bruce because of the fact that these two players have been unavailable for a long period of time, which might have a detrimental effect on Newcastle United's performances. I think genuinely there is an element of concern there. And to kind of, again, hone down on on his comments, Pete, this is the quote, financially, it's right to play on. But for me, morally, it's probably wrong. I feel like we're in such a difficult situation with the game at the moment in terms of the finances and the health of the people involved. Um, we've heard from Michelle there about the the health impact that it's had and, and also the mental health impact that it could have on people um, in, in a positive way watching games of football. Um, but financially, there's problem problems there too. So, I mean, I understand where Steve Bruce is coming from here. It's such a difficult one to juggle. Yeah, and in, in reality, he, he is right because... We really shouldn't be, you know, football shouldn't really be continuing with the, you know, with, you know, and it was announced today that, you know, 1,300, another 1,300 deaths. You shouldn't be playing any form of recreational sport if, um, when you've got figures like that. However, I don't think there is an alternative um, because the finance, the financial side, obviously, because um, it's, it's so important to so many stakeholders, but um, there's just no room in the schedule. If you, 
if you start um say you have a circuit breaker which some people are calling for for two mm-hmm. two or three weeks that pushes that pushes all the games back and you've you're going to be playing three games a week until june and then you then you've got to go straight into the euros which you can't really delay again um and then you've got next season so there's just there isn't the, there isn't the time to do it but i think michelle was right in the fact that football has got complacent mm. elite clubs elite premier league clubs especially um well any premier league club they are it is so much easier for them to keep things covid safe than it is in other places um as long as they're not complacent you could you when when i go to games as a journalist certain grounds are better than others but you you go in one end and come out the other you, you you don't have to go near anyone if some some grounds get it right but some are not some are neglect their duties and don't and and you end up having to go near people that you don't necessarily have to other grounds because they have got complacent as well because it's mm. it's been going on it's been going on so long now that uh, mistakes have started to creep in and yeah. we've 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 seen in we've seen in recent weeks with with players they're obviously said, well, I've had enough of, of this. I'm going to start socialising with people, and and then you've got that's a whole different a whole different debate. Yeah. Um, and yeah. It's just make it's sure just... you cancel those plane tickets to Dubai, Pete, because yeah. uh, yeah. <laughs> there could be some question marks. Yeah. Is, is the internet working all, all right for my hotel room in Dubai? I'm not sure. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah. But it's it's crazy, really. That it's I, you can you can kind of understand. We've all, look, we're, we're all frustrated by the the way the world is now. We all, you know, every day is the same, and it and it and complacency can creep in. But when you're mm. uh, when you're a football club and when you're a footballer, you you've got to think how much responsibility you have. That you are one of the only escapes that the rest of the world has from the mundane world that we're living in now because of COVID and and the and the scariness of the world at the moment. So just. Be a bit more careful, like like Michelle says. Just don't, don't if you if you can see that complacency creeping in, start to act. It's so easy to to like mm. like Michelle was saying. Just, you know, doing the doing the team meetings away from each other and just doing certain things that you don't need to do all as one group in a, in a canteen on one table. Yeah, I think that the fact that we're kind of sat here debating it quite passionately and we're probably in the same camp as Steve Bruce in saying that you know it probably shouldn't continue but Mm. it almost definitely is going to Um, an example of how you know devastating this situation is at the moment is of the 14 positive cases that Aston Villa have reported in the outbreak at their training ground 10 of them are either first team players or staff um, mm. Shrewsbury versus Southampton Southampton's obviously a, a Premier League club their game with Shrewsbury has been called off in the FA Cup this weekend due to coronavirus Manchester City uh, Newcastle previously have had games called off due to coronavirus so these are top level football clubs we're talking about and you know it, it is a damaging situation there's no doubt about it I mean we spoke yesterday on the podcast about Sean Dyche and his thoughts on how footballers perhaps should be vaccinated um, in in order to kind of get them kind of away from the spotlight, I suppose, in, in terms mm. of a recovery from coronavirus. I just wondered if there were any sort of further thoughts on that now with a bit of time to think about what he said, because he was almost ridiculed at the start. But I can, again, similar to Bruce, see a, a level of logic in what he's saying. It, to an extent, yes. But can you imagine the uproar? Um, that because people already have this negative view of footballers that they're tr- you know they're treated sure. different differently to everyone else. They get things uh, quicker than everyone else, um, and they 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 live in this sort of monocoloured world where every, they've got everything they ever need. Imagine if they got um, vaccinated quickly just so they could carry on. And I know it, when you spell it out, just so they can carry on playing football. Whereas vulnerable people who who, who perhaps. Um, in their fifties and sixties, haven't been vaccinated yet. Mm. Who need it? Who need it to actually just be able to go outside, yeah. just so be able to go mm. to the shop? Can you imagine the uproar? It makes It'd sense. Be carnage. It makes sense. It does make yeah. sense. But when, but when you do spell it out in sort of the the cold light of of the reality of, of it, I don't, I don't think you can do it just because people are the the uproar would be yeah. Catastrophic, and you know what? I can't believe I'm actually saying this, uh, but not everyone likes football, unbelievably. <laughs> um, so I think we do need to consider that from time to time. Let's leave COVID 19 there for now on the podcast, and hopefully, we'll leave COVID 19 in the past very, very soon as we head into 2021. But we do have some more FA Cup third round fixtures to talk about, and we'll do it next here on Football Social Daily. Football Social Daily, find more great sport at sport social.co.uk. 
with the latest Premier League news for your team. Just ask Open Sport Social. Welcome back to the podcast. This is Football Social Daily. I'm Niall alongside me. We've got Pete Hall and Michelle Owen and time to talk some more FA Cup third round fixtures involving our Premier League side. Some interesting ties um, we've still yet to talk about. We won't talk about all of them, of course, because there are a fair few. Um, but the first one I wanted to pick up in this section of the show, Manchester United against Watford. Now, the focus this week, Pete, on Manchester United has been that derby match in the League Cup, the semi-final of the Carabao against Manchester City. And although Manchester United do appear to have closed the gap to their cross-city rivals in terms of quality and ability, uh, certainly there is that small spectre hanging over Ole Gunnar Solskjaer that he keeps reaching semi-finals and he keeps getting beaten. That's the fourth time now. Um, obviously, we're only in the third round of the FA Cup and they do take on Watford at Old Trafford. So there's no real chance of looking ahead to the semi-final just yet. Um, but do you think that Ole Gunnar Solskjaer will target the FA Cup? Or again, is it a similar story to, to Frank Lampard and Chelsea in terms of the focus is very much league action? No, I think um, I think more so it's both with Solskjaer because, he's, I mean, it's remarkable really that, you know, he could, United could go top of the league um, against with a point against Burnley next week, top of the Premier League above Liverpool, mm. um, which of all the weird things that's happened in the last 12 months, that's got to be top, hasn't it? Um, Manchester United going top of the Premier League. This Manchester United going top of the Premier League. <laughs> um, so, but the with Solskjaer, he has more doubters um, than Lampard does. Uh, and even though even though Chelsea are where they are and United are where they are, some, Solskjaer has as many more doubters than 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 Lampard does, and many see. Sort of United being in this league position is a bit of a fluke, really. Just like the way that they won games and things like that. Um, so he has to do it in, in the league and in the cup, really. And that is quite a bad record, really. Four, you know, four semi-finals, four defeats for a club like yeah. Manchester United and a manager that's trying to prove himself. You don't, you, you, if you want to prove yourself as being Manchester United manager, that's the dif- that's the difference between what should be yeah. a Manchester United manager. Uh, and the rest really is that when you get to these big games, that's when you sh- that's when you prove your your worth. And mm. uh, United were, were comfortably second best despite all the progress. Um, they were they were st- still way off. Um, City who who were, who were good who were good and have been much much better recently, but they're still not at their optimum level that they have been in the last mm. few years. So it does show how far they've got to go, um, really. And. He does. I do. He does need a good. He does need a cup win, not a good cup one. He needs a trophy. In the he needs bank. a. He needs a trophy. I mean, it was always that stick that people used to beat Pochettino with, wasn't it? For all the progress that he made, he never won a trophy, and I don't think Solskjaer will want to be uh, known for that. And and at United, three years without a trophy is quite a long time. So I think they need it. Yeah. Amazing statistic from Simon Stone, uh, the BBC reporter on Twitter who says Ole Gunnar Solskjaer has lost as many domestic semi-finals in the last 12 months as Sir Alex Ferguson lost in 26 years as Manchester United manager. So you're absolutely bang on, Pete. It is unusual for a, for a Manchester United side to reach semi-finals and not progress, particularly domestic ones, as that stat kind of highlights there. Um, they mm. face a Watford side, Michelle, who were relegated from the Premier League last season, as everyone knows. Um, they're obviously bang in with a shout of getting back up again this season although their form has dipped slightly in recent times um how much of a threat do you think they'll pose to to Manchester United can can United afford to kind of make a few changes because I'm sure Watford will be keen to kind of show that they are ready to come straight back up again from the championship yeah but I've watched Watford a lot this season I don't think they know what they are they've got a new head coach they've changed again they've got a new one and now they've got another new one Uh, I would love to say I'm surprised Michelle but I'm really not yeah it's called Cisco Munoz and they beat Norwich, but then they lost to Swansea. You're like they're, they're just so like you never know what to expect. They lost to Huddersfield. They're really inconsistent. So I don't know. Manchester United obviously would have done their homework on, on them, and and that Watford side, you know, they've got some quality. They've got Troy Deeney, Andre Gray, Tom Cleverley coming up against this old side as well. Ben Foster in goal, who does this brilliant um, GoPro things. Have you seen them? Did you mm. see Jamal Lowe? I did. I saw. I, yeah, I did. I lo- I, I'm a I like Jamal a lot. I know Jamal reasonably well. And um, yeah, great celebration in front of the it GoPro. Was, I love it? that. It was fantastic. Yeah. I wonder if the Man United players will do that. But uh, will they rotate? I mean, they've had a busy time of it with the with the game on Wednesday and, and playing again. It depends what a priority is to them. You know, like you said, they're going well in the Premier League. If they want to have a cup run, I'd imagine he'd field a reasonably strong side. You know, it's not like with respect mm-hmm. they're playing Chorley or, or Marines. So I don't expect too many changes. Um, 
So. Yeah, no, I think that's a fair point. I think that's an absolutely fair point. And it's almost hit and miss sometimes with Manchester United in these sorts of games, even though their Premier League position is, you know, very, very promising um, heading into the second half of the season. You just still sometimes in these sorts of games do question mark whether Manchester United would be able to get the job done. But they face Watford at Old Trafford in their FA Cup third round game. Another side who'd be keen to try and uh, try and go as far as possible, of course, will be Everton, Michelle. They take on Rotherham. Um, Everton fans, they'd be absolutely over the moon to go the full distance in the FA Cup this season. But I think now that they've got Ancelotti at the helm, and regardless of how well they've played for the majority of this season, I think the manager is what really gives them belief that they can. Of course, he's won the FA Cup before Carlo Ancelotti did it with Chelsea in 2010. Yeah, he's, he's special, isn't he? He's got that star quality. He's one of those people that you walk into a room and he sort of lights up the room. Like, I know he's, you know, he's not loud or anything like that, but he's just... You want to listen to what he says. And and he's an exciting mm. person for them to have at the helm. You would never have thought Carlo Ancelotti would be managing Everton. Like it's, it sounds crazy, but he's been doing a good job this season. Um, <laughs> again, in a cup competition, they faltered recently, didn't they, against Manchester United in, in the League Cup. So I, I think an FA Cup run, they'll definitely have belief. You know, they're playing Rotherham, who they'd expect to be with respect to, to Rotherham. Um, mm. It just depends really who they who they want to put out as well. But I reckon he'll go quite strong. Um, they lost to West Ham. He might rotate some players that he feels did perform in that game. Um, mm-hmm. And Dominic Calvert-Lewin's sort of gone off the ball slightly, hasn't he? So maybe a big good chance for him. We talked about confidence earlier to get his confidence back up. Yeah, I fancy Everton for this one just naturally because they are the Premier League side. But also I feel like these are the sorts of games that they've been better at since Ancelotti came in. Uh, do you think they're good enough from what they've shown so far this season, Pete, to actually reach the later stages of the FA Cup like they did with the League Cup? They haven't been to an FA Cup final since 2009, where, once again, Chelsea were the winners that year. Mm, I think they are, yeah, absolutely. They're, on the day, they can beat anyone, really, when when they're, when all the top players perform. Um, they've, the problem is this season, they've had... It's a bit of an... It's, it's going to happen with uh, with a new manager and, and so many new players. It, it, they've been a bit inconsistent. They started off so well, didn't they? And then and then they lost sort of three or four games in a row and you think, oh, they're just a flash in the pan. But they found the form again um, to show that they will they will be there or thereabouts in the, in the top top six of the Premier League. Um, and that's, you know, with James Rodriguez has missed much the last few weeks, a um, few months with... With injury, once they once they have the the, the best players um, playing, then um, they're more than capable of winning the FA Cup, and uh, it'd be it'd be I, I I quite fancy them to win it actually. I I've, I think they would be my pick to win it. Um, a manager like Ancelotti knows what to how he was always, but he always has he has a fantastic record, doesn't he, in in cup competitions? Rather than he's not in his managerial career, he's not actually got that many league t- league titles for. For ones mm. for is so revered, but he's he's won a he's won a lot more cup competitions, um, and that experience will be vital to a, to a club like Everton, who have always been capable of getting uh, a, a cup under the belt, but not quite got over the line. Yeah, of course, he won it with Chelsea in 2010, part of a, a double winning season at Stamford Bridge, Premier League and FA Cup. They beat Portsmouth in the final that year. Uh, Didier Drogba with the goal, uh, but obviously with Everton, slightly different kettle of fish, different style, uh, maybe very slightly and, and a different quality and calibre of player, arguably, to that Chelsea side he managed to glory 11 years ago now. In terms of the transfer window, Pete, um, Everton obviously will be looking at probably even strengthening again. And we've said over the last few seasons, Everton have won the transfer window. And then in hindsight, we've looked at their recruitment and said, well, it's actually been pretty rubbish. Um, uh, Is there any Mm -hmm. danger of that happening again? Because although what seemed like to be a really positive transfer window in the extended summer one, um, they don't want to undo any of their hard work by bringing in players that aren't up to the standard and can perhaps upset all the hard work that's been done so far. No, and I think I think when you've got somebody like Ancelotti, he will make sure that they very much learn the lessons from the past. They don't they don't need a great deal of strengthening. If the right player becomes available, one player maybe they might bring them in in January. I'd expect more players out in January than than in Everton. I think Bernard might be might be out of there, um, and and a few others that they can get off the books because um, they're still quite Everton. Everton have got so many players that are still on the books that you don't realise are still there, and I, I think that. I'd expect more of a clear out in January because they 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 they're, they're a lot better with the with their chance of hierarchy that they've got in place now that they they plan a bit further ahead and they'll already be looking for 
at signing to the summer rather than uh, January, I think. Everton take on Rotherham in their FA Cup third round match and the final Premier League side we're going to discuss for today's Football Social Daily is Sheffield United, where they travel to Bristol Rovers to take on the gas. Um, the League One side now managed by the most fashionable football manager in the EFL, Paul Tisdale. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he'll be wearing his flat cap or some sort of crazy pork pie hat, which he loves to get out for the TV mm. cameras. He loves it, doesn't he? He loves a little change in headwear, does, uh, does Tisdale. But Bristol Rovers, they can probably feel slightly more confident than maybe any of the other Uh, opposition to Premier League sides throughout the course of the weekend, Michelle, just purely because Sheffield United are in such bad form. Oh, I can't believe how bad Sheffield United are. But then again, I can because it's been all season. But uh, just to touch on Bristol Rovers and Paul Tisdale, he came in a few games ago and he's already sort of having an impact. They beat Blackpool at the weekend. Uh, I was at that game. And they've got a few talented players, Bristol Rovers, and they're slowly sort of edging away from trouble in League Mm. One. And they've got some players that could cause Sheffield United trouble. I think Sheffield United are quite a physical side, but... They've got players like Erhinol's uh, uh, Tumor in midfield who can be quite tricky. And Brandon Hannon. The smallest the... footballer I've ever seen, yeah, Michelle. Sorry to cut you off there, but no, he's, he's so small. He's smaller than me. <laughs> so that is small. Um, Brandon Hannon's been banging goals in for them. And you look at Sheffield United. I mean, they've got to look at this and put a strong team out because their confidence, it must just be mm. on the floor. Like, I can't. I mean, I can't believe how bad they are, but it's just, an, it's never getting better for them. You know, when you look at the games that they should have won or should have got something from, if they want to stay up, which let's be honest, barring a miracle, they're not going to, in my opinion. You know, they lost to Burnley, they lost to Palace. I just can't see many sort of green shoots for them at all. So they want to be going to the Memorial and they want to go away with with a win because if they don't, I mean, I'd start worrying for Chris Wilder, to be honest. If they don't win mm. that, he's got to be under some pressure yeah I mean the Mem's not the greatest place to go to on a boiling hot summer's afternoon let alone in (laughs) mid-January so it's going to be tough for Sheffield United and I do fear for them although I think the only kind of solace perhaps that Chris Wilder can take is that he has managed at the level that Bristol Rovers play at he Mm. will know what Paul Tisdale is all about of course he's managed Northampton and Oxford and he did manage Sheffield United in League One before and kind of on that several of Sheffield United's squad Pete have actually got experience of playing in games like this in the Football League over the years so maybe that could arguably uh, work in their favour perhaps yeah on on paper this looks like one of the biggest potential upsets um, for the FA Cup third round however I think you're right like there is a lot of players that have come up with with Sheffield United from League One who know who know what these sort of games are all about Mm. Um, and Chris Wilder himself um, knows exactly so they won't rest anyone this will be I don't think so anyway this will be uh, I think it'll be a full strength side looking to because the you have to get some form of momentum at some point it's remarkable really what's what's happened to them this season mm. um, worst ever but, start to a season isn't it in the in the Premier League yeah, ever yeah. of all times remarkable as you say I, I think Michelle was right to point out that it was there's so many games that they could have got something out of and should have got something out of um, they haven't been battered every week Um and but the longer it goes on without the win, the the, the worse it's going to be. So they, I think they'll play a full strength side and go and go for this because mm. just get, just even if it's in a cup competition against a lower league side, a win is a win. And just getting that winning feeling back again after months and months without one will be huge. Well, that's it, isn't it? it they're in a rut. I mean, the oh, rot yeah. has set in, as the saying goes. And it's just how do you? you know, usher yourself out of that hole mm. that you're in. And if it is going to the Memorial Stadium and thumping a League One side that gives you that confidence boost, I mean, it could be massive for, for Sheffield United. And I think it's easy to get carried away with this season, particularly with how extreme it's been in terms of the circumstances with Christmas coming slightly early. I think after 12 games, the Christmas schedule was almost already upon us. And, mm. you know, it's a, a, an earlier stage than perhaps we would have been expecting to see over previous seasons. But still... I think you're right, Michelle. I think that, mm. you know, if they lose this, I mean, I, I think it's almost unthinkable for them to sack Chris Wilder and he's earned himself so many chips and a bit of cash and time in the bank because of what he's done at the club. But if you're talking about nails in the coffin, losing to a League One side in the third round of the FA Cup, it's not like they can go, we can concentrate on staying up because they're not making a great fist of that either. No, I know. Apologies if you can hear a, a small a small person crying in the background. I think he's crying at Sheffield United's form. But yeah, it's um, it's pretty pretty drastic times for Sheffield United at the moment. Like you say, he's got credit in the bank, but for how long? I mean, lose to Bristol Rovers with respect to Bristol Rovers, a League One side. It's not it's not pretty, is it? So yeah, they've got to get result at the moment. 
Mm. Okay, well, that's it for today's Football Social Daily. Looking across the FA Cup weekend, third round action for our Premier League sides. Thanks very much, Michelle. I'll let you go and tend to your youngster whilst he's kicking off. (laughs) (laughs) The joys of working from home. (laughs) You can catch uh, Michelle on uh, the EFL on Quest tonight, so make sure you get that on your planner. Press record on that uh, to check out all the latest EFL action. Any games, FA Cup games for you this weekend, Pete, that you might be taking in? Uh, I'm going to Old Trafford uh, for United, um, and I've just I was just thinking about uh, I've just seen Oli Gunnar, I was just reading Oli Gunnar Solskjaer's quotes, and I, I forgot that Odio Nagalo might actually get a game. Uh, <laughs> I forgot he even existed. Yeah, <laughs> he'll be because he'll he'll be leaving at the end of the month, but uh, giving him a bit of a hero send-off, despite the fact he's done very little. He'll, uh, he'll against his against his former club. So yeah, uh, expect uh, Odio Nagalo hat trick at Old Trafford at the weekend. Egalo fireworks. You heard it here first on Football Social <laughs> Daily. Thanks for listening in. Don't forget to hit subscribe. A new episode every single day of the season, right throughout the course of the season. And even if the season does happen to be suspended, we'll still be bringing you podcasts. So don't worry about that. Um, hopefully, everyone has a top weekend. Enjoy the FA Cup action, and we'll speak to you again tomorrow. Football Social Daily from Sports Social. Find us on Instagram at Sports Social Official. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Turns and conditions apply.